I'm going to continue the series that I've been dealing with the last few weeks. Last Sunday, Sister Michelle uh, preached part one of her series, and she's going to start preach the, uh, well, part two in March. And so we are looking forward to that next, uh, later this month, in the end of this month, Pastor Ronnie will be uh, our speaker. I also want to just say as I pray, I want to pray a special uh, prayer for Bill and Angela Nielsen as they go to L.A., for some treatments for Bill and so or some, some tests. So we want to lift them up in prayer. So just want to thank them for being here. So just want to pray for them, have them on the prayer list. And we're just grateful to you, both of you, for your presence. Let's have a word of prayer. We are grateful today, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your goodness and righteousness. We pray that you will give us ears to hear. Now, we also pray for Bill and Angela as they travel. Give traveling mercy. We pray for favorable results. Pray that you will keep your hand of protection on them and that you will bless whatever needs to happen. We just are grateful to you for your love and your kindness in their lives. And sometimes we can just take life for granted. And sometimes we are reminded that, Lord, life comes from you and all of our blessings. And so we thank you right now. Now, as they go... May not only the trip be well, but may also any tests that are done be well as well. We're grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 14. As you know, we are doing this series in Timothy, and I do... Scripture by scripture, as I go through, I may not always elaborate on every single scripture, but I basically go through an entire book, depending on the length of the book. And there are times when I may do a particular message on a certain topic or theme. And some books are very long, so as I go to Job sometime in the future, I may select certain passages to do a message on Job. But because of Timothy and the size, I'm doing verse by verse. And I haven't quite determined if I will go straight to 2 Timothy after first yet. So I'm still deciding that being led by the Lord. So I'm keeping that in prayer. This is how it reads in 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 14. And in fact, I'm going to pick up with verse 10 because that's where we ended last time. It just ties into... Verse 11. So it says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, not money, the love of it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O men of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and about which. You made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony, testimony before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let greed overtake you. Point three. Determining what to pursue and what to flee from is not always an easy choice. Decisions are made all the time. What do I do and what should I do? 
Do I pursue this? Do I pursue that? What is my ultimate goal? Timothy has been challenged by Paul to flee certain things and then to pursue other things. Do you not know that if you are not pursuing one thing, you are pursuing something else, whether you know it or not? And if you didn't know, when you, said, when you say, I just can't make a decision, you have made a decision. Decisions are being made every time. And every day, so an undecision really is still a decision. Those things that he is commanded to flee, and that would be Timothy, would be the things that were being pursued by the false teachers. It's a shame that we have false teachers whose intent is to give you misleading information. You see, there's a couple things. There are some things that we don't like, and there are some things that we don't like to hear, and because we don't like to hear it, we don't like it even though it may be true. There may be something that goes against your belief system. Just because it, goes, because it goes against your belief system does not mean that it is false. Just because you believe something don't mean that it is true. But how do I come to understand truth? Truth is, truth is actually reality. It, it, it doesn't care about what the consequences are, truth is truth. That's a tree. That's true. That's a car. That's true and truth. You are people. That's true. We have, we have one or two cooks in the room. That's true. <laughs> And I'm not one of them. (laughs) Paul encourages Timothy that you are to pursue that which is true, no matter if others are pursuing things that's false. If you're going to stand out for God, then you are going to run counter To the world in which we live. This world does not follow the principles of God. It does not mean that that at times they can't. But for the most part, this world does not follow the mandates of God. Why? Because it runs counter to what they want to do. You cannot fit into every situation in this world. And I would go so far as to say that you need to take a special look. If you are lining up with the movement of society, get get this, whenever the Lord was moving in the Bible, he oftentimes even moved in a different direction from those who even knew him thought he would be moving. His own people. Now, if God oftentimes moved in a different direction than what his own people thought, how in the world is society who doesn't know him going to understand his plan and move in his direction? You can't. So Timothy has a decision to make. Will he pursue that which has brought condemnation because it was pursued in the wrong way? Or will he take up Paul's challenge and pursue that which is righteous, holy, and godly? We have been dealing with various points. Today we're going to pick up with point number four on this continuation, and that is pursuing that which is right. 
Verses 11 and 12 reads this way. But as for you, O men of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life in which you are called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul keeps uh, before Timothy the things that are most important and then shows him and tells him what he is to pursue. He lists six items here, are characteristics, and they are paired by two. Six items, and he pairs them. These are the things, Timothy, that you are to pursue, and these are the things, Timothy, the things in verses 10, 3 through 10 of 1 Timothy 6 that you are to avoid. And you can spend, take your time later on and read that. But one of the big things that he told him is that, Timothy, there are some people who are pursuing money because they have a love for it in the sense that they will do all types of wrong to get it. He says, I want you to flee, Timothy, those very temptations. I told you last time that we met that money in itself is just a commodity. Allow you to be able to transact business. It allows you to purchase things, but it does not mean anything. It's just paper. It's paper. And so what people do, they take their money and they go exchange and purchase something with it. Now, there are many people who have lots of it, some who don't have as much, some who are in the middle. Everyone cannot be the same, and so we should not try to make everybody the same. There are people of varying degrees in regards to what God has provided. And so what we have here is the fact that there were those who were pursuing money because that was their ultimate goal. And they were doing that which was wrong. And Paul says, Timothy, flee, flee, flee. And then he gets to verse, verse 11. Then he says, but as for you, O man of God, O, you can put your name there, of God, flee these, but pursue righteousness, godliness. You see, these are some of the things that it's it's really hard to follow. Why? Because we have a nature oftentimes that wants to go and just goes in an area that contradicts God's word. You see, our nature is always struggling. Do you sometimes find yourself talking to yourself? Bridget, do not answer that question. (laughs) I'm, some st- I'm sometimes down in the kitchen, and Bridget is just talking to herself. She, she, is, she is saying, okay, this needs to go here, and this needs to go here, and she's taking care of business. Oh, no, 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 Pastor. No, no, no. That does not go there. Hold on, Pastor. Let me come over here. Lenny said, Bridget, handle your business. Leave me alone. We talk to ourselves. And do you not know it can be a good thing? Why? Because we, we, we can encourage ourselves at times. We tell our someti- ourselves sometimes some bad news. And we then, because of the bad news we tell ourselves, we then act upon it. Why is it that you can hear a hundred positive things and one person can say one negative thing and that's the very thing you focus on? Why? Because we often judge ourselves much more difficult and much harder 
than others. It is something when we consider the fact that we have to encourage ourselves to do that which is right because we are at times at war and in a battle with ourselves. Struggling and striving to do right. When I'm sometimes out walking and to just do one, you got one more mile. And sometimes I can't say that because it seems like when I say I got one more mile, it becomes so difficult to finish. And so sometimes I just make a mental note to myself. I know in my mind I got about another mile. Don't slow down. When I used to go, when I, we were walking, not even, not too long ago, we noticed that a pattern happened with Mel and when we were go walking, my wife and I. The last mile, we slowed down significantly. We were at a certain pace. But the last mile, our time significantly dropped off. And I made a note. I said, you know, we are slowing down this last mile. And I think we want to make sure that we keep the time up. And so we made a mental note that at the mile point, the last mile, don't slow down. So what we did, we got to that mile point, And not only did we not slow down, we in fact picked up the pace a little bit to make sure we didn't slow down. You see, when you get to the end of your journey and end of a, in the end point, sometimes you, would have, you can have a tendency to quit and want to give up. And so sometimes you have to just remember that if you keep going and keep the energy, keep up the pace, you will accomplish not only your goal, but you will accomplish it in a very good and positive way. What Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, oh man of God, pursue these things vigorously and don't let anything, your timidity, your fear, your stomach problems, things that would scare you, don't let any of those things get in the way and slow you down as you continue on in your journey. Tells Timothy, choose to act. Choose to act, Timothy, and be successful. Don't forget Timothy. Don't forget that Timothy really struggled with doing that which was right. He, he was timid. He was fearful. He was probably concerned about what people were going to say. Oh, my goodness. Y'all just not, don't even worry about people's thinking, thinking. Do what is right. Now, you need to think about if you're doing something wrong now. I'm not saying that, you know, because people sometimes can tell you that which is right. But sometimes you, you just need to do that which is right, even when people may be trying to deter you. So Timothy, pursue righteousness and godliness. He pairs these things here. Not only are you to pursue these things as it relates to God, but as it relates to you interacting with other people. Show yourself to be a godly person. Then he says, faith and love. You will often find these, these paired in scripture, faith and love. Let me, let me tell you, let me tell you this. Faith is not blind action. You see, some people say, oh, I, I, I have faith. I have faith. And they say it as if it's some magical word. You can have faith in the wrong thing. Now, I may have faith that my car can go really fast, but I can't beat no Lamborghini. It's not faster than a Lamborghini. I may have faith that I can accomplish certain things, but sometimes I may not have the skill set to do it. 
You see, there are sometimes people that say, I have faith, and they think they can talk themselves into it. But that's, that's not really what I'm speaking about. You see, faith will cause you to act even when you don't see any type of movement or any way that you can even get to the end or any way that this is going to work out. I'm going to go ahead and try. Give an example. When the Lord said to me, be faithful in your giving, my life, my finance, whatever, be faithful. It was a challenge to me in the sense that no matter what the outlook and the picture looked like, be faithful in what you do. I told you this a couple of times. When I first got married, the Lord said to us, be faithful in your giving. Everything that could go wrong went wrong this particular Christmas. We got a check for $200 from Macy's. They credited my account rather than $20, $200. And I got the check in, oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> but I knew it wasn't right to keep it. And even though I needed it at that time. So on that Saturday, got in my car and drove to Macy's. Santa Rafael, that used to be on 4th Street. Went upstairs to the credit department. You actually, rather than taking $20 as a payment, you actually credited, I should say, you credited my account $200. So not only did they, should have been 180 but it was 200 and I handed them the check reluctantly. <laughs> Years ago. Handed them the check, and the lady said, we were wondering what happened because their, their books didn't balance. Went back home, was working over in Oakland, just in school. There was a lady that I was working with, worked at a store, and Sherelle was a little one. We are like, well, what are we going to do? She was so glad and so happy from the, the help and support that I was given in the counseling that she brought me a bag. Now, back in this time, when you were a therapist, you didn't have what was called dual relationships where a client would give you an item. You were kind of one of the big things you kind of know. She brought all these clothes in this bag, brand new clothes, from an expensive kid store. I told you, I didn't know what they, you know, the expensive mail saw, and she knew immediately. That's an expensive store. <laughs> and my mind went back to the $20 <laughs> and the $200 and said, Lord, thank you. And then other things started happening. What am I saying? When you pursue that which is righteous, the Lord sometimes will test you and say, you know what? I'm going to see if you're going to do right. Even though it may be very hard right now, I'm going to bless you. And so what Paul is, being, is telling Timothy, Timothy, you've got to pursue all these things, righteousness and holiness, no matter what. Give me four minutes and I'll be done. Pursue these things, Timothy, and don't give up. Another thing that he says to Timothy he says, Timothy, I want you to fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life. When Paul says to Timothy, let me, actually I want to keep reading this because I want to make another point with this. He says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession of faith or good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The good fight of faith. There are three things that this verse actually could tie in in regards to when he says the good fight of faith. Three, it literally meant to be a boxing match, wrestling, or a race, a track meet. Boxing, wrestling, or a race. So when he says fight the good fight of faith, 
it would incorporate these items here, and it has in, the, in its mind, and this time, and when you think about the Greek culture, the Olympics were a big thing for them. Paul says that, Timothy, you are to fight. Today, I am, I, I, it just amazes me how when we say the word fight that is returned, is turned into something political, we talk about that all the time when we are playing sports. I, I played baseball growing up. That was more my sport. I wasn't so much a basketball player. That was pep sport. <laughs> I played football, you know, as a little one, and, but baseball was my sport. And we were like talking about fight. You know, come on guys, fight. Why? Because it would motivate you, it would give you that type of, you know, tenacity to keep going. Paul says, Timothy, you've got to fight. Do you not know you are in a battle? We talked about in Ephesians, when we look at the Roman soldier, and we talked about the armor that one was supposed to put on, the idea that one of those items was a dagger that the, the Roman soldier had. Why? Because if he was ever in close combat, he had a dagger because it was used close. It was something that he had to be able to have to fight his enemy. Satan is not throwing rocks at you. He is right next to you, whispering in your ear. It's a very personal fight. It's a very close-up fight. And so when Paul tells Timothy, Timothy... You need to fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because you've got some leaders who, was, who are telling the people the wrong thing. And I'm telling you, Timothy, you must do that which is right. Fight the good fight of faith. The mandate, as I end, to keep the commandments unstained and free from reproach. This is meant to be a lifestyle, a lifelong process. Don't give up, Timothy. Don't quit, Timothy. The Lord is going to return. This is an eternal battle. Have you ever gotten to a point to where you were at your wit's end, at the very end, and you quit? And you came to find out just a little bit later, just around the corner was your blessing. And you didn't keep going. This is what we have to keep in mind. Sometimes your blessings may be just over the edge. And because you are so tired and fed up, you get right there and stop right to the finish line. Have you seen some of those races where a person gets right to the finish line and they fall? They're going to win. They're going to win. And another person comes and passes them. You need to be like those individuals when they fall. No matter how many pass them, you get up and you just limp your way right onto the, the finish line. <laughs> just limp your way on to the finish line. Why? Because... You've got to finish the race. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy, hold fast. Fight the good fight. The Lord has a reward for you not only now, but in the parousia, the Greek. In the, he's saying the second coming. Timothy, you've got eternal life. And finally, I'll say this. The good confession that he refers to, many believe in the theologians that he is referring to Timothy's baptism. Timothy, the good confession that you made, many believe that that was at the time of his baptism. Even the preacher, Timothy, had to be encouraged to keep going. And I'll say this as I end. Wherever you are right now in your life, I don't care what you're going through, fight the good fight of the faith until the end. Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you. For this awesome day and for the privilege of being able to worship together and song and praise and the preach word. And we thank you for 
the setting. Would you be with us? Would you lead us and guide us and direct us? We pray today that decisions that people are making and needing to make, that you will bless them, help them, and keep them. May they not stop before completing the project, before finishing the race. May they take courage and go on. We all need to be encouraged. (laughs) For we all, at times, Lord, become disappointed. But we thank you that we have others that can encourage us, can pray for us, and can pass on a good word, saying, stay faithful to the Lord and finish the race. We give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Amen, people. Amen.